Hello, welcome to the Daily Show Podcast, your podcast source for movie and TV-related news. It's November 30th, 2018. I'm Shannon. And I'm Michael. How's the weekend box office? Ralph Breaks the Internet did very well with $56 million over the weekend, so even more with the holiday. Um, it was actually the second biggest Thanksgiving opening ever behind Frozen. Creed 2 came in second place with $35.5 million. That's its first weekend as well. Dr. Seuss the Grinch dropped down to third place with another $30 million. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald came in fourth place with $29.3 million. Bohemian Rhapsody was in fifth place with another $14 million. What's coming out in theaters this week? Nothing good. <laughs> the possession of Hannah Grace. When a cop who is just out of rehab takes the graveyard shift in a city hospital morgue, She faces a series of bizarre, violent events caused by an evil entity in one of the corpses. Directed by Deirdrick Van Rugen, stars Shay Mitchell, Kirby Johnson, Stana Kadic, Gray Damon, and Nick Thune. I don't think I know any of those actors. Definitely not by name. No, none of those names sound familiar to me either. And this has no tomato meter, so... Take your chances. And that was the only wide release. In limited release, Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. A human child raised by wolves must face off against a menacing tiger named Shere Khan, as well as his own origins. Yeah, this should be dropping onto Netflix soon. Right now, it's only at 44% on Tomato Meter. Well, that's not too good. No. But it's only 18 reviews, so we'll see. Also in limited release, Anna and the Apocalypse. A zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of Little Haven at Christmas, forcing Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival, facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. But they soon discover that no one is safe in this new world, and with civilization falling apart around them, the only people they can truly rely on are each other. So this one has been highly anticipated. Let's see, 83%. That's good. That's certified fresh already. I could, I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily my type of movie, but kind of looks interesting. Could be funny. Yeah, could be funny. And gruesome. Right. Also out Mirai, a young boy encounters a magical garden which enables him to travel through time and meet his relatives from different eras with guidance by his younger sister, from the future. Oh, this is a animated film. It's at 93%. Looks pretty good. And finally, Sicilian Ghost Story. Against a heavy cloak of secrecy, a 12-year-old girl smitten with her handsome classmate ventures deeper and deeper into the enchanted Sicilian forest to find him, unaware of just how thick is the mystery behind the strange disappearance. This one's at 92%, so that's pretty good too. Only 39 reviews, but that's 
That's a fair amount. Sounds interesting. Any news? Variety reports in a shift in strategy, YouTube has said that starting next year, it will move to make all of its new original programming available for free for anyone to watch. With the change, YouTube is moving toward more mainstream, celebrity-driven, and creator-based reality fare, while it will continue to greenlight scripted productions. So it sounds like the good news is stuff is going to be free, ad-supported, which is cool, but the bad news is much less scripted stuff much more you know what youtube is known for well as long as they keep producing cobra kai then yeah that definitely was already renewed and it's a pretty big hit and it'll probably get way more viewers once they take it out from behind the paywall so yeah i don't see them stopping with that but it sort of makes sense to me though like we were i've been saying that there's been too many subscription services they're they're growing too fast like people can't afford all of these maybe you should youtube should stick with what it's known for and you know let netflix and amazon and hulu do the scripted stuff and hbo and everybody else and disney (laughs) and all of them you know there there are a lot of them according to the rap margaret atwood is currently writing a sequel to the handmaid's tale due out in september 2019 the testaments is set 15 years after offred's final scene in the original book and will be narrated by three female characters according to atwood the sequel was inspired by readers questions about the fictional world of gilead and by the world we've been living in so sounds like it's not gonna interfere with the series no it sounds like it's not gonna be about the main character who they've called june in the series although she was not named in the original book um it's not it sounds like it's not gonna be about her at all it's gonna be about other women but you know set in the same world it sounds pretty cool but you know it still might give them ideas for the show Right. It, it could be good for them, too. It's um, very possible she's been inspired by the show as well. Yeah. I think, I mean, she's been involved to yeah. some degree on it, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's given her ideas. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they'll make another series, The Testaments. Or, or a standalone movie. Yep. Because um, I think there was an adaptation of the book into a movie originally. Yeah. I don't Wasn't think it, it, I think it was a, though, I think right? it was a TV movie, maybe. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure. I didn't see it. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Paramount Pictures has a new multi-picture deal with Netflix. One of the first movies being discussed for the Paramount Netflix deal will be a sequel to All the Boys I've Loved Before. The first film was made by Awesomeness, which Viacom acquired in August, and the new movie likely will retain the Awesomeness banner. So you must be pretty excited about this. (laughs) Yes. You went and read all the books. I read all three books. Um, After seeing the first movie. Because I liked the the first movie so much. I I think I liked the movie a little bit better than the books, though. Um, Hopefully they'll continue to make good movies out of these. Yeah, I did see a lot of people angry at the way The Hollywood Reporter reported this. Did you see that? No. They kind of hung all the success uh, on Noah Centineo. And, like, people are like, but how about the director and the writer and the writer of the book and the actual star of the movie? It's kind of, it's pretty egregious, actually. Let me read you the line. In the future... 
When we chart the year the movie business changed, we may thank or blame Noah Centineo. That's because the square-jawed, heartthrobs, teen romantic comedy for Netflix to all the boys I've loved before is pointing the way toward a new hierarchy in Hollywood, one in which the 106-year-old studio behind movies like The Godfather and Transformers produces original films for a streaming service. Like, him? Like, he's, he's not the... He's not the main character. He's not even the main character, let alone the creative force behind this. No. And people have a big problem with it because he's the only man in that group, too. Right. The director was a woman. The, the person who adapted it for the screen was a woman. The writer of the novel was a woman. And the main character, the main actress, is obviously a woman. So... It's kind of, you know, they're accusing them of being a little bit sexist there. And I don't, yeah, I, I kind of see that. I don't like the way that article is written. But um, back to the main point, this is, this is really cool for Netflix to be working with Paramount. And it is. I'm looking forward to that sequel. Per the rap, Crunchyroll and Adult Swim are partnering with Alcon Television Group to produce and distribute Blade Runner Black Lotus, an anime series inspired by Blade Runner 2049. There will be 13 episodes in the series, which will run 30 minutes each. Not much is known about the plot, except it will take place in 2032. Well, this sounds really cool. Do you know what it's going to run on? It's not just going to be on Crunchyroll, is it? No, it's on Adult Swim. Which I don't I think I guess that's a separate channel. Okay. I thought it used to be part of uh, Cartoon Network, but oh, okay. Yeah, Car- Adult Swim is the main thing. They have uh, worldwide distribution rights. I'm still not sure if I'll be able to watch it, but uh, th- it sounds pretty cool. Netflix and the Roald Dahl Story Company jointly announced that Netflix is extending the Roald Dahl universe of stories for global family audiences with an exclusive new slate of original animated event series based on the books from the acclaimed and award-winning author's best-selling library. The list of titles in the agreement between Netflix and Roald Dahl Story Company includes Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the BFG, the Twits, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, and many others. So I remember last week there was an article about them looking to make a series. It didn't specifically reference that, but I guess this is that. Like, they made the deal with Netflix, which is pretty cool because... I was worried that it might be only on British television, so but we'll definitely be able to see this. Looks great. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Paul King, the director behind the much-beloved Paddington films, is tackling fantasy feature Time's Fool for Fox Searchlight. He will team with Paddington scribe John Croker for the feature based on Glenn Maxwell's novel Time's Fool, A Tale in Verse, which follows a young man who is cursed to ride a train for all eternity, except for one night every seven years when the train pulls into his hometown, and he has only a few hours to unravel the nature of his curse. This sounds like a really cool premise. Amy Sedaris has joined the cast of Disney's live-action The Lion King remake. Sedaris will play an elephant shrew, a new character that was not in the 1994 classic. Robert Patrick is in talks to join the cast of Honest Thief alongside Liam Neeson. Rita Moreno will appear in Spielberg's remake of West Side Story in an original role. Zoe Deutsch has joined the cast of the Zombieland sequel. Nia DaCosta has signed on to direct the Candyman reboot that is being produced by Jordan Peele. I know some people were hoping he would direct it, but doesn't look like it. She hasn't done much. She's a really new director. We'll see 
what she can do with it. Kristen Stewart has entered talks to star in the upcoming TriStar Pictures dramedy, Happiest Season. Before the Call of Duty film has opened in cinemas, the studio has already hired Black Panther scribe Joe Robert Cole to write a second installment. Well, video game movies always do well. <laughs> I know. They, they really, uh, they're really betting on this one. Sylvester Stallone has announced via Instagram that Creed 2 will be the last movie for Rocky Balboa. We'll see. He says I don't, that. Well, I don't know we'll what see. happens in Creed 2. I, I mean, I guess he must live through it. I, I don't actually but. know. I didn't want to dig too deep because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Michelle Yeoh has joined the cast of Paul Feig's Last Christmas. Netflix has announced a new series called Criminal, in which all episodes will take place entirely in interrogation rooms. It sounds like it could be cool, or it could get really boring. I don't know. It's a gimmick. It is. Sometimes... Could work. Sometimes those kinds of things that seem like so limiting end up making for really creative stuff to happen. I don't know how exactly, but I don't know. We'll see. F. Scott Frazier, the writer of Triple X Return of Xander Cage and Collide, has been tapped to write the new Gears of War movie. Comedy Central has given a series order to Aquafina's half-hour comedy about a 20-something in Queens striving for a larger-than-life existence while living with her father and grandmother. What's the new streaming this week? On Netflix, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. A year after helping Richard secure the crown, Amber's getting ready to walk down the aisle with him. But she's not so sure she's cut out to be queen. So this is a sequel to the one that came out last year that everybody loved. I never watched it. Yeah, I forgot about that. I guess it was bad, but everybody loved it. And Netflix played along with that. Hallmarky kind of, right? Yeah. Um... And then they got in trouble for calling someone out for watching it like 3,200 times or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what the number was. Um, but yeah, that this is the sequel to that. Also out, Baby, a Netflix original. By day, Kiara is a promising student at one of Rome's most elite private high schools. But by night, she leads a scandalous secret life. Ooh. Death by Magic. British magician Drummond Money Counts or DMC for short, is on a mission to uncover the stories of magicians who died performing the most dangerous stunts ever attempted. Hmm, Sounds kind of bleak. The World is Yours, a Netflix film. To escape his life of crime, a small-time mobster in Paris accepts one last job involving Spain, drugs, the Illuminati, and his overbearing mother. One last job. F is for Family, Season 3. Spy Kids, Mission Critical, Season 2. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Best Gift Ever, and Pocoyo, Season 4. On Amazon, Downsizing. Inside Joke, Season 1, the prime original six-episode series in collaboration with the Montreal Just for Last Festival, follows up-and-coming comedians in New York and Los Angeles as they compete to be selected for the New Faces Showcase. And Sleepless. Hulu got Best of Enemies, Broken Star, Daylight's End, Scenic Root, The Remains, and Undrafted. On HBO, Tomb Raider and The Truth About Killer Robots. Stars got Defiance, Into the Woods, New Jersey Drive, Pele Forever, and Ronaldo. On disc, Sharp Objects. Yeah, there wasn't much. 
and on disk and digital searching. For last week's poll, we asked, which General Mills serial monster do you most want to see a movie about? Count Chocula won it 75%. Booberry only got 25%. Nobody voted for Frankenberry. See, Count Chocula? That's weird. I just would think... I don't know. As I said, that's the cereal that in most supermarkets most of the year I people know, don't even know about Booberry. Like Hotel Transylvania. We already have stuff oh, I don't, about I don't agree it should have been Booberry all the way. Yeah. At least Booberry got twenty five percent of the vote. But, I don't know, this is pretty disappointing. So for this week's poll, we're actually going to have two polls. What's the best non-Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Raw Doll adaptation? The BFG? Fantastic Mr. Fox, James and the Giant Peach, or Matilda? Fantastic Mr. Fox, I guess. How about you? I really liked the BFG. Maybe yeah. that one. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think that one. And we're also asking, what's the best Charlie and the Chocolate Factory adaptation? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? I know Willy Wonka's going to win, but I actually prefer Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Myself as well. Well, that's weird. I always thought Gene Wilder was like really creepy in that yeah, movie, and he, he freaked me out. And the Oompa Loompas. And, and yeah, they were super creepy too. And so, like, it just kind of scared me as a kid, and I didn't enjoy it. But everybody loves that movie. I'm sure it's going to win. We'll see. So, let us know what you think. Daily Show Pod on Twitter. We'll discuss the results next week. And that's our show. If you have any feedback, you can email us at feedback at dailyshow.com. Our Facebook page is Daily Show. Our Twitter account is Daily Show Pod. Our website is dailyshow.com. Hope you enjoyed the show. Talk to you next time. We'll never get to know why Booberry wears a bow tie.